What's up, folks? This is Tony Brew and Aaron Dotson, and you're listening to, or watching as the case may be, Christianity Now. Christianity Now is a podcast where Aaron and myself, we talk about contemporary issues that are facing the Lord's Church. There's a lot of stuff in the news, a lot of stuff in the geopolitical sphere. We're not going to talk about all that. We're actually going to talk about something that really affects our audience um, from, a, from a denominational dogma way, our perspective. And we're going to have a conversation about a conversation about baptism. And uh, on Substack, I just released an article that got more comments on Substack than any article I've ever released. And it's because a person wanted to come in and push back against the very plain and simple grammar of Mark 16, 16. And we're going to talk about one of the particular arguments that he uses. And it's just a really, it's, it's, it's an old, outdated argument. This kind of dressed up in a tuxedo, given a haircut, and made to look nice, but it's it's no less it's no less absurd. Um, the, there was something I wanted to go. Oh, Aaron, I have not noticed any discernible change in the algorithm as far as our reach and stuff like that. So from here on out, look, Rumble, yeah. follow us on Rumble, follow us on Facebook, follow us on YouTube understanding the times on Instagram. And then the main place we would like you to interact with our content is Substack. We want to put stuff on Substack. We want to grow an audience there. We want to grow premium subscribers. I have got to figure out a way where I can kind of back up and regroup because doing a recorded narration of an article per day and doing an article per day uh, plus other stuff. It was, it was, it's too much on my time. So I've got to figure out a way to give value added for our premium subscribers. Um, and, and that'd be that. So we just yeah. understand for those of you that are premium subscribers, just because I've been sporadic with the, with the recording and stuff, that doesn't mean I've forgotten about you. Um, it just means we're, we're revamping. I mean, we're, this is not what we do for a living. Right. This is secondary. Yeah. Okay. That's right. Gospel preachers first. Yeah. Um, that being said, Aaron, talk about gospel preaching. How's Washington Avenue doing? We're local gospel preachers too. So we're not we, well, that, that's, evangelists. That, yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. We're local <laughs> yes, preachers. Yes. Our work first is local. Yes. Yes. There may come a time where this is our first and main work. Maybe one day. I don't know. But now nah, we'll be too right, old to be interesting. Right. <laughs> but we're, we're very thankful to work locally. And yeah. That's what we get to do. We'll be 76 years old. Like, well, we finally retired and just podcasting for a living, but. Then we'll die within a year or two. <laughs> I know it. Now we're have so two, old, nobody will be here. Yeah, have a year of, you know, averaging one subscriber a, a year or a month. That's right. <laughs> no, it's, uh, uh, things are going well here. We're doing doing good at Washington Avenue and um, a lot of good little things going on and trying to add those little things up to do bigger things little by little. So, Well, good deal. Pushing Good that deal. outward for focus. That's it. <laughs> you know, that's it. That's that's very challenging to do. Barry O'Dell, good or Mammoth Spring Church of Christ. Good morning to you, Sue Ross. Good morning. Um, before we get into the meat of our podcast, I would like to turn your attention to the bottom third. Contact Lindsay Faye Dotson at lindsayfaydotson at gmail Are you part of a church congregation seeking effective ways to spread the word about your event? Well, look no further. Lindsay Dotson specializes in designing modern advertisements for churches. Whether it's flyers, postcards, or social media graphics, Lindsay has got you covered. Reach out through a private message 
on Facebook or send an email to lindsayfaydotson at gmail.com. You can see that in the bottom third for more details. Don't miss this opportunity to make your message resonate far and wide. Contact Lindsay Faye Dotson today. All right. So what is your version of the gospel that God wants you to share? Just curious. Susan Zeke. Uh, my version of the gospel is the gospel that's written down in this book. That's the version that I share. Nothing more, nothing less. I don't know what you're talking about. What do you think, Aaron? Yeah, I think it's sad that in our day and time, many people want to know that kind of thing. They ask that question. It's because there are many people who don't teach, you know, the gospel as it's written in scripture. And people, people have just accepted the false idea that there are many versions, and as long as you believe Jesus is the Son of God, nothing else matters, man. As long as you <laughs> believe He's the Son of God, everything else is irrelevant. And you know, we can we can have whatever version we want, whether well, whatever now, it is. I don't know, but I think Susan might have missed the sarcasm there because mm-hmm. she says exactly. And I don't know; it could be different. I, I could be misunderstanding yep. that. But here, here's my point. I, and and I'm, Sue Ross says, thanks for adding that year. I'm 77. Yeah. So we, we sure we were just being arbitrary with the year. Yeah. We were being a yeah. little sarcastic about. Yeah. Uh, so Tom Holland, he, he, he said this. He said, Tom Holland said when he was in his 20s, everybody talked about how amazing of a preacher he would be once he got a little season underneath him. Right. And then when he, once he got older, like in his 60s, 70s, 80s, um, People would say, man, listen to him. Can you imagine how good he was in his prime? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's kind of, that's kind of the spirit in which that, that line we, Aaron and I were just, were, were talking about was delivered. Um, yeah. you know, boy, just Tony, Tony and Aaron, you know, like, especially me, I'm, I want to, I want my sound to be the best sound. I want every, but by the time I finally get it all figured out. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it'll be it'll no, be time to nobody, stop. Nobody be listening to us. Nobody be listening. That's it. But we'll be over there going, ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah, it. look look <laughs> at us. Look at us. But uh, but no, so I was, Aaron, I was, I was 18, 19 years old. I, I think I may, may have been 18, barely 18. I was on Bill Street in Memphis, and I didn't have any business talking to anybody about Jesus. Because I was not a good representation of mm-hmm. what a Christian should be. Yeah. But there were these street, street, uh, street preachers on Bill Street, and they had these signs, and they were hooping and hollering, and I just stopped them, and I, I, or they stopped me. I didn't go over there and pick a fight with them, but they stopped me, and I, and they, they said something. I said, "Well, let me ask you something. What must I do to be saved?" And they went through this big old spiel. I said, well, listen, I've got a problem with what you said because it's not what I read in the Bible when a person was asked that question. Yeah. I read in the Bible, for instance, in Acts chapter two, those people said, men and brethren, what must we do or what shall we do? Well, Peter said, repent and be baptized for the remission of your sins. Well, now, why wouldn't you tell me what Peter told them? And this dude went nuts mm. on me. And he said, and he his face contorted, and he got his crooked little index finger. I know what you are. <laughs> he said, you're one of those water dogs. Uh. 
you think the water's special. You think the water saves you. And I'm like, he said, you're a church of Christer. Oh. And I said, I, I never mentioned, I, I said, I'm a heathen right now, man. <laughs> Notice the beer and the cigar and all that good uh, stuff. I, I'm a heathen. Yeah. I'm just asking you, you mm-hmm. know, I, it kind of reminds me of that story about, uh, who, who's the big Baptist guy, the where used to, Oh, Oh, not Adrian Rogers. No, no. Other Billy, big Graham. Billy Graham. Billy yeah. Graham. Billy Graham was in Australia, and I, this is like third or fourth hand story. So, y'all judge whether or not it's true. It could be apocryphal, mm-hmm. but he was having one of his whatever he calls it, and he uh, quoted Acts two thirty eight. Crusade. Didn't, yes, and he probably. didn't finish it. And one man asked him, "Why didn't you finish that verse and say something about baptism?" I know what that verse says. And he accused him of being a church of Christ. Or he said, "You people, you your people are up here in the in Queen or wherever it was. You need to go see them." Well, it turns out the guy wasn't associated with anybody, <laughs> and he ended yeah. up. So Billy, the story goes, Billy Graham has one Christian convert under his belt <laughs> because he yeah. sent that fellow up there to the to people the of the Lord's Church. Yeah, yeah. So I'm. I hope we haven't treated you poorly, Susan. I, I, it, it. Seems a little bit adversarial the comments that you've made. Um, yep. If I'm misreading that, then I apologize. But I've been doing this quite a while, and it seems a little, a little yeah. opposition. I think I think the and I don't mind that. Yeah, I don't either. If 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 a question is you know that's what what you comment is exactly what you want to know, then we we believe there there is no version of the gospel besides the written gospel. That's <laughs> there, it. There, there is no other version of the gospel. Well, I mean, I, so I guess if, technically the gospel is the death, burial, resurrection, and the fact that his resurrected body was yeah, witnessed. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Day. yeah. Susan, glad you're still here. Yeah. No, I didn't miss. I didn't miss anything. Some people preach more religion than the personal relationship with the loving God. Repentance is changing your heart, turning your heart towards Him. I'm not arguing. No, I appreciate it. So let, let me let me push back a little bit of what you said in your in your comment there. So a lot of people have this misunderstanding about repentance, um, and, and the reason I'm bringing this up is because um, Acts chapter 26, verse 20. There are three. I, I don't like the idea of steps because a lot of my brethren say, well, you know, here, here's how you obey the gospel here. Believe, repent, confess, be baptized. I'm like, okay, so that's, yeah, understand that technically there's a, there's a, there's a progression, but if you conceptualize these things as, as steps, you actually affirm a logical absurdity that, that you don't mean to affirm, which is the, the law of the excluded middle. In other words, a person is either saved or not saved. There's no steps not toward. Not step one, you're saved. Step two, you're more saved, and that kind yeah, of or, thing. Or, or step one, you're 20% saved. Yeah. Step yeah. two, you're 40%. There's, it's, there's one step from outside of Christ to inside of Christ. Yeah. All right? And I think, I think that is found implicitly in that Acts 26.20. Because Paul said that that here's what I taught: mm-hmm. you repent, turn to God, and then bring forth fruit, meet for repentance. Well, that that turning towards God is the big point of contention in Christendom. Yeah, that's our subject today. 
Yes. When does that happen? Yeah. And the, the idea of a personal relationship with Jesus, I talk about this a lot. If you mean that your relationship with Jesus has to feel personal to you, like whenever you think about Jesus dying on the cross, you think about it in terms of Jesus died for me, not Jesus died for all of mankind. All right. I think we need to more so focus like, you know, Jesus died for me. If it weren't for me, or if, if there was no sin in the world and I was the only one, Jesus would have still died on the cross. Um, the thief on the cross next to Jesus was saved. He recognized him as a savior. Sure. But that is not our mail that you and I are not saved like the thief on the cross. That's the big point. That's the big issue here. Mm -hmm. Um, the thief on the cross was under the old covenant. David was saved as well. You know how we know David is saved? Like beyond a shadow of a doubt, David is in paradise awaiting uh, his eternal home in heaven is because he's featured in Hebrews chapter 11 mm-hmm. in faith hall of fame. Yep. Um, David did not do anything. He didn't even recognize Jesus Christ as his savior. Right. Okay. So he lived under a different time than us. Yeah. I'm just saying that God is the only one that can see our hearts true, but if you don't do what God says, you're damned to hell for eternity. And that, that's the point of the podcast today. You know, whenever, yeah. whenever I do, whenever I put out a, let's see. The, the idea that God sees our hearts and only God can see all of our hearts is true, but that's not like a hermeneutic to interpret the rest of the Bible. Yeah. Yeah, you exactly. Know, that it, it is true that God alone sees everything that's in our hearts very oh, much man. true, but that doesn't, um, that's not like a, that's not like a, a point. It's not in, a, f- yeah, it's not I, like I a don't formula. Mind, yeah. yeah. I, I don't mind. I, I, sometimes I, I don't like this nomenclature, but for this conversation, I think we have to use it. There is a formula, a prescription for salvation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the thief on the cross is not our male. Yeah. And, and I, I've said, if I, I was, I was, I was studying with a Baptist pastor and he tried to throw up thief on the cross. And I'm like, listen, Bubba, until Jesus whispers in your ear, today you'll be with me in paradise, then you must, repeat, must do what the Bible says because that's Jesus' revealed will. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mammoth Spring. While God does indeed see our hearts, he also sees whether or not we are obeying his will. Matthew yes. 7, 20. And, and what's, what's the verse? That he, he became the author of eternal salvation to all those that obey him. That's Hebrews 5, 8, and 9. Can you grab that, sure. Aaron, while I'm downloading this sure, graphic? Sure, I'd be glad to. I yeah. want to throw this graphic from yesterday's Cogitations podcast up on the screen. Okay. And cool. uh, it's got the sentence diagram. And I don't want to belabor the point about Mark sixteen sixteen. But because I, yeah. I want to get into the argument that the gentleman used about the false equivalence or the negative inference fallacy. Okay, yeah. Hebrews 5, 8, and 9, though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. And having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. Yes, and, and, and grammatically, 
the author of eternal salvation to whom? To all. Well, well what category of people? All. All who yeah. obey him. Yeah. So if you do not obey him, you cannot take advantage. We, yeah. me and you, me, we cannot take advantage of Jesus's finished work on the cross. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. With all the different creeds of Christendom, man looks at religion bewildered and confused and turns away from it all. The Bible doesn't teach denominationalism. It is an enemy of the Bible for you. Philip, is that a quote that you pulled from somewhere? It's a good quote. Yeah. Um, so there's a, Oh, Aaron, I lost my train of thought. Oh yeah. John chapter, uh, 17, 20. Here's the reason this touches on, on Philip, uh, S Carmen, um, on their, on their, on their quote there. The reason people have a disdain for organized religion is because they've never, they never participated in it in, in organized religion that is organized rightly. Yeah. Yeah. Neither pray I for these alone, but for all those that shall believe on me through their word, mm -hmm. that they may be one father as I are in thee and thou art in me. And that, that the world may know mm -hmm. that thou hast sent me. Yep. Jesus cites unity as the greatest apologetics testament. Mm -hmm. And what happens with people in the world who don't have a good knowledge of the Bible, they look at all of these different creeds and man-made religions and stuff like that. And, um, then they they say, well, then God is not real. Yeah. Or they have a disdain for organized religion. Well, you got you got to see it organized correctly. Yeah. The gospel is simple. It's not a bunch of rules. If you're truly saved, it changes your heart. Sinning is no longer comfortable. Um, that seems magic. Uh, you can even if you are saved, you can you can sin and and you can sin to the point where your conscience is so seared, you won't have a you won't, you won't have a negative response to sin. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it speaks of that in, in second Thessalonians, having a heart seared with a first, Thessalonians, uh, first Timothy four, uh, yes. a conscience seared with a hot iron. Let's see it. God's prophetic word. I had to look at the book. Okay. Good deal. Thanks, Philip. Uh, all right. So let me, let's, let's get in it. First off, I do want to uh, really quickly. The statement the gospel is not a bunch of rules, it's simple. That's kind of a false equivalency because the gospel is a set of rules. Yeah. The doctrine of Christ is a set of rules. And if you don't follow them, you don't love Jesus. If you don't follow them, you're not friends with Jesus. Yeah. That's tough. That's brutal. But that's what Jesus says. Yeah. John 14, 15, 15, 14. Yeah. 1421. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. Now, <laughs> if that is true, then the converse of that must be true. Yeah. If you do not keep my commandments, you do not love me. Yep. And if you do not love me, then you won't keep my commandments. That's right. Do you, do you think he, that he says that Tony, he says that in verse 24, 
he who does not love me does not keep my words. And yes. the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father who sent me. Wow, John yeah. 14, 24. So that means you don't love God either. Yeah. Which I know Jesus is God, but, yeah, you know. So, I mean, like, it, it's we, we've got to be very careful about making statements like that that sound really, really good on the surface. Yeah. They tickle our ears. Yeah. But they're just not, not rules. Not yeah, they're just rules. not substantive. Yeah. Yeah. You know, here's the thing. My wife has to follow the rules of the household. I mean, just like I do. I'm not saying, like, we have to follow the rules of the household. Yeah. Ted Knight, our problem is that we do not want to obey and follow rules. But those who do not follow the rules are not pleasing to God. He is the rule maker. Yes. That's it. And again, oh, it's the absence of the same rules or pattern in religious world that confuses people. Yes. I've said this before. Man, we got so many good comments. I know. So I've used this illustration where I've pulled someone up from an audience. And and I said, okay, so we're going to play a game. Will you play a game with me? They said, yes. I said, okay. We're starting now. Now we're playing. And they're, they're like, what? I said, what, what's wrong? Are you feeling nervous? Well, well, yeah, I don't. And you can tell they're visibly anxious. <laughs> well, why are you visibly anxious? Well, I don't know the rules. Yeah. A loving, beneficent God explains the rules of the cosmos, not because he is tyrannical, and wants to superimpose his will over yours, but he wants you to submit your will to his and give your life to him, and he sets the world up in such a way as you're able to do that. Yeah, Tony, I'm very offended by this last comment, uh, accusing us of trusting in a man-made set of rules. I'm sorry, but Susan, that's very offensive. I mean, very judgmental. How would you know? That we're trusting in a man-made set of rules. Well, it's not man-made. No, the gospel is not man-made. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is it? This this is it? This comment. Yeah, we yeah. Mm-hmm. We need to take us out of the picture. God refer, refers us to fishermen. You don't clean a fish up before you bring it into the boat. I'm sorry, y'all are trusting in a man. Tell us one rule that we're trusting in that's man-made. Yeah. One rule. You're being you're being very judgmental. Mm-hmm. My suggestion is go clean the beam out of your own eye before you try to take the speck out of ours. He doesn't want your rules and religion. We never said God wants That's right. my rules and my religion. And we never remember, said that. God knows our heart. It's a personal relationship with him, and this is the way we do it. So how can you say we're wrong? Mm. See how that works? Yep. Who who gets to set the standard? Yep. This book right here, this sets the standard, folks. Amen. Amen. That's the Holy Spirit's job. No, it's not a man. Sorry, I'm saying this all wrong. You're saying this all wrong because you you're you're functioning from a place of ignorance. And the Holy Spirit, what do you what do you think the whole you think the Holy Spirit's gonna magically change you? That's damnable, damned doctrine. Mm-hmm. You don't the, the Holy Spirit's I mean, the work of the cross is either finished or it's not. Yeah. Or it's ongoing. Which is it? And because people, and and again, this is, I am making an assumption here, but it's an educated assumption based on thousands of hours and case studies. But people who speak like you and espouse the doctrine that you're espousing 
they think these things and they use language like the finished work of the cross, a personal relationship with Jesus. The gospel is simple. It's not a bunch of rules. And the Bible clearly contradicts every bit of that. Yeah. Every bit of that. Yeah. Now, maybe this person to keep. So now, now she's laughing at it, saying that's offensive. I mean, it is offensive. <laughs> now you're gaslighting yeah. and you're projecting. So anyway. Um, so like when a person judges my motives and what I'm doing and they don't know what they're talking about, that's a true definition of being offensive. Oh, yeah. But teaching the Bible and exactly what the Bible says, you know, that's that's God through his word offending people. That I mean, that that's. That's, that's not it. our rules and regulations. Again, that's it. we're still Damn. waiting on the exact specific of how we are trusting in a man-made set of rules. Yeah, I want to know the man-made set of rules we're trusting in. Yeah, what is it? If, if you level it. that accusation at us, yeah. it's up to you. Yeah. It's up to you to tell us which rule we're trusting. I mean, so yeah. it's like the um, it's like the Pharisees when they came to Jesus. And you're, you're being very pharisaical. Like you're being a dirty dog Pharisee. Again, she says, okay, you interpret the Bible as you want. That we well, never, we never tell said, me which rule. Well, we never said we wanted to interpret it how we want. We're, we're just, we're just being like Jesus was the, the dirty dog Pharisees came to Jesus and trying to catch him. And so he, he asked them, will you tell me the baptism of John? Was it from God or was it from man? Yeah. And they said, well, Give us a minute. And so they go there by themselves and they said, we can't answer him. Yeah. And, and, and not that they were unable, but they couldn't because Jesus hung them on the horns of the dilemma. Because if they said the baptism of John is from man, then they would risk offending the multitudes because the multitudes acknowledged John as a prophet from God. Yeah. And if they said the baptism of John is from God, then Jesus would say, well, then why haven't you obeyed it? Yep. So Again, I'm asking you the same question. So yeah, I'd like to continue this dialogue. I'd, I'd like to hear, yeah. you know, how is it that we have said we want people to follow our own rules and our own religion? Tell me which one, what which rule, rule. Yeah. What rule did we make up that we're because trusting in? The funny thing is, Aaron, we haven't talked about one singular rule at all. Yep. Yep. Yet. Yep. She's just assuming yep. we're going to be talking about. So she's either assuming that we're going to say specific rules or she is saying that all rules are wrong. Yeah. Either one is quite frankly absurd. The second one's very absurd because she said there are rules. It's about our heart. It's not about our religion. So that's rules. That's a standard that she believes well, we must follow. Oh, oh, wait a second. Hold on. I got this I got this graphic from a few uh Oh yeah, the graphic from just a little yeah. <laughs> the heart is deceitful above all things. Yep. Jeremiah seventeen nine. So yep. my suggestion is, Susan, don't follow your heart. Yep. Don't follow your heart. Yeah, and I hope she would stay and listen when we actually talk about the details. Of God's rule, you yeah, know, his standard. Uh, John seventeen seventeen. God says that His word is truth. 
Now she's making fun of us. Oh, that's hurtful. You're so concerned about your feelings. This is not about feelings. It's about the truth. We were supposed to be filled with what, with what God's heart that's overflows into others. That doesn't make any sense at all. Maybe clarify. Yeah. Like that, that's an absurd statement. It, it doesn't, it's non sequitur. It doesn't have anything to do with the conversation. Tell me what rule we are pushing and that we're trusting in. Yeah. That didn't originate with God. Yeah, I, I demand that you do that. The be, onus be, is upon be a, you. Be a true person and do, be an honest person to do that's that because you made the accusation. That's you it. Know? We don't think this is not a game to us. This is real no. life. I mean, it, yeah. We, we, we only want to do what God's word says, and that's what we're striving to live. Uh, that last uh, comment, are we on that particular thing live? I don't know how to go live okay. on Rumble. Yeah, I didn't think we were live. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure I might be able to do it. Yeah. I may have to pay for the next level of okay of um, restream in order to do it. Yeah. But that's fine. I mean, we would be able to do that. We, we've, got enough, we've got enough monetary supporters where we could do that. And I, I would cool. like to go live on rumble. I yeah. think rumble is a good platform to grow yeah. on. Yeah. Quite frankly. And we are on rumble. It's just, yeah. it, 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 it archives on rumble. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Deborah O'Neill. Do you have scripture to back up your opinion? That's the thing. She hasn't, she hasn't put a one drop of scripture. No. And, and, and granted, now we haven't put scripture in the comments, but we've, we've replied with nothing but scripture. Yeah. Like if, if, if Jesus is the author of eternal salvation for all who obey him, doesn't that imply rules and regulations? Yeah. You have to obey what he says. That's a standard, a law. What about the perfect law of liberty? Like even a law of freedom is, 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 has rules to follow. That's James chapter one. And evidently you can sin. So if you don't follow the rules, when it comes to sin, you can't be saved. The comment by Barry earlier, he referenced Matthew 7, 21, where King Jesus said, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my father. And the will is God's law. It's his standard. That's it. That's it. It's a, it's a rule imposed by a superior. God's the superior. That's, that's a rule. It. it it does include rules. That's that's incontrovertible. That's only, yeah. a, only a person who doesn't know what the Bible says or who is blatantly rejecting the Bible. Yeah. And you know. if each one can have our own interpretation of the scriptures and all people must accept all different interpretations. Yeah, so the, therefore, Susan, you have to accept our interpretation. So what's your problem? Yeah. Why are you, why'd you come in here challenging us and why are you getting worked up and angry? Because we're challenging you. Yeah. It's like she can challenge us on our show, but that's right. She don't want us to respond to it. That's right. Instead, just respond. That's your interpretation. What if we had said that the first comment she made? I know. What if the first comment she made, we had said, oh, that's just your interpretation. Get off our show. Exactly. Yeah, we didn't do that. We want people on our show. <laughs> we want to discuss the Bible. <laughs> so check this out. Barry, Barry Odell says, what about that form of doctrine? Mm -hmm. You know, doctrine is teaching. Yep. And teaching manifests itself into a form, and we have to obey that. But God be thanked mm -hmm. that you were, past tense, the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed, past tense, have obeyed, from the heart. And I put forth to you that that phrase, have obeyed, indicates a present active state of being. 
that have obeyed. So you're in the current, you're, you're in the, you're in the current ontological category of one who is obedient, an obedient person. You have obeyed from the heart. That's understanding what you've done and, and doing it with sincerity. That form of doctrine, which was delivered to you being then, and then is an adverb of, uh, adverb of time. It's punctiliar in nature. So there was a point in time that you were the servants of sin, but then you became the servants of righteousness. According to Romans 6, 17 and 18, I'll, I'll, I'm taking all comers here. What happened, Romans 6, 17 and 18, when do you, when, when, do, you, when do you become a person who is uh, a slave to sin or, or, or a slave to righteousness after you become a, after you were a servant of sin. See you, Ted Knight. Good luck as a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> I will follow his rules and be well. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I don't know who come up with this, but uh, anytime you want to think about something, think about there is a way that is right and cannot be wrong. There is a way that is right and cannot be wrong. I think about this, and I don't want to get into this deeply, but talking about like praying to Jesus. Look, there is a way that is right and cannot be wrong. You know what the way that is right and that cannot be wrong? <laughs> Praying our Father who art in heaven, hallowed yeah. be thy name. Yeah. Yeah. She says, okay, I apologize. This is totally getting out of hand. I'm not getting worked up. You are. We're saying the same thing. No, we are not saying the same thing at all. No, no, no. We're not saying the same thing at all. And what a damnable and false statement. It's gaslighting at its worst. It's emotional manipulation. It's worse. I'm not getting worked up. You are. No, no. And just because we're, I'm just sitting because, still. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, I, I think it's funny. I think it's funny because you think, well, now nah, I ain't going to go down that road. It's just funny. You're just leaving out the Holy Spirit. What a what a foolish and uninformed statement. You haven't asked us anything. Yeah, how, how every, do you know we're leaving out the Holy Spirit? Everything yeah. that you're saying is false. Yeah. It's a false accusation, and it's a sin to bear false witness against somebody. Or do you think that's one of the rules we don't have to follow? Mm. Deborah O'Neill says she doesn't understand gaslighting. Deborah, you're correct. She don't understand it, but she sure does it good. Please rethink. Sure it good. Please rethink. That's it. I wish I'm you'd stay and listen to the rest of the show. I'm going to do this right here one more time. Remember, we just need to follow our heart and have a personal relationship with Jesus. No. The heart's deceitful above all things. That's it. A lot of people in hell that followed their heart to get there. Yep. All right. Now, I want to talk I want to talk about this. All right, that is a sentence diagram. That is the bane of existence for a lot of young students going up through uh, grade school grammar. I don't know if they teach this anymore. Probably not. But listen, this is Jesus's simple statement. And I wrote an article of breaking down Mark 16, 16. And there's two clauses. There's two statements. He will be saved. 
Well, who will be saved? Who believes and is baptized? That's the people that will be saved. Mm-hmm. To the contrary, that's the word but, an adversarial preposition. An, an adversarial conjunction. Conjunction, yeah, there you go. <laughs> not, <laughs> not a not preposition. A preposition. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Listen to me, I'm a grammar guy. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I just misspoke. <laughs> but, adversarial conjunction. He, so to the contrary, so Aaron, if you didn't know anything at all, if you'd never read the Bible, according to the top statement, who will be saved? He who believes and is baptized. All right. Now, from the bottom statement, the bottom, the the second statement, who will be condemned? He who does believe not. All right. (laughs) So the first statement tells you how to be saved Mm -hmm. or the first statement implies how to be saved Mm -hmm. because you and I are not mentioned in it. Right. Right. We have to, we have to infer that all people will be saved who believes and is baptized. Okay. But what about the second clause? Uh, What does it take for someone to be condemned or damned as the King James puts it? Believing not. Exactly. So another way to say that would be disbelief. Disbelief. All right. That is so simple. You need help missing it. Yep. All right. And as Rebecca Henry says, if you don't believe, you're not going to be baptized. Now, that's a beautiful segue into what I want to talk about, which is what is what is an argument that is absurd, but it's dressed up really nicely and Tony, we didn't talk about this before the show. Like this, no, we none. Didn't, I just want to say that for our viewers. But I'm pretty sure I know where you're going, because like, if it's the way I think you're going, like, some people think this is like the golden ticket to the gospel. Like, do it, the, the, do it, do it. <laughs> they they think what you're about the the whole the negative part of the passage. Yeah, they they think that that that's the gospel. You know, they yeah. leave the first part out of the gospel. The last part is their gospel. They think the last phrase proves you don't have to do the first part of the phrase. <laughs> that, that's yes. what's, that's, and, the, and there are people everywhere, you know, that's especially reformed false teachers. You know, they're, that's their, that's their bread and butter argument on Mark 16, 16. One of their main arguments on it. Exactly. They'll say that the second half means you don't have to do what the first half says. Yes. That's, that's exactly what that's, we're talking about. That's that's the that's the Which, of it. It's kind of like okay, so but if use, you but use the ten dollar words that they use. Oh it's, yeah. Well, let, let me. It, I'm going to read this ahead. comment. Yeah. So this person responded to me, and this, you're coming in on this in the middle of an exchange. So the guy says, "Great question. It provides a different perspective. So thank you. I wouldn't have corrected. So I asked, would you have corrected Jesus? Because this dude actually espoused." that it would be better to say he that believes and confesses will be saved. So I'm like, what? And I, like, I'm, I'm serious about why, that. Why like, did Jesus it, say that? Well, he, he, let me, yeah. So let me, let me, let me just read this initial comment. I have one question. What about the thief on the cross? We see in Luke 23, 39 through 44, that there were two thieves crucified, so on and so forth. And then he, he says, um, So, and we know Jesus cannot sin, so he couldn't have lied to this thief. Therefore, 
the thief was saved through belief without baptism. I do believe baptism is a key part in our faith and that it should be practiced after salvation. Mm -hmm. And I also understand the Bible to say that baptism does not constitute salvation, which is really funny, though, if you, I mean, the Bible does, there's an explicit statement, baptism doth also now save us. Now, we can break down the nuance of that and put it in its context, but you can't argue with the fact that it's there. Yep. But anyway, that's not what the podcast is about. So he goes on to say, in Romans 10, 9, we see, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. This confession and belief is where salvation would lie. We often tie verbal confession with baptism, which isn't a bad practice at all, but it can cause some confusion among denominations. So instead of belief in baptism, I think it is more biblically accurate to say belief and confession. To conclude my comment, I'll quote Paul in 2 Corinthians 13, 14. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of his Holy Spirit be with you all. I'm like, buddy, ain't none of that with you because you just said to Jesus. Yeah. I think it's more biblically accurate to say belief and confession. Why didn't Jesus say that? Like, that's my question. That's. Yes. Now, I'm going to go on down and, um, all right. So I asked him, like, would you have corrected Jesus? Right. So he said, great question. It provides a different perspective. I would not have corrected Jesus because he never said that those who are not baptized will be condemned. And it's never said in the Bible. I, I don't that's implied. Okay. What's that's your in, point? That's that's implied from the, the from the from the explicit statement. Oh that well, those I've who got you now. Are baptized will be saved. Correct. I've got you now. Let me explain how you're wrong, Aaron. There you go. You see, the root of this is a negative inference fallacy. There you go. Which the- states, if a statement is true, we cannot assume that all negations of that statement are also true. For example, the statement "a dog with brown spots is an animal." is a true statement. However, the negation, if a dog does not have brown spots, it is not an animal, is a false statement, a fallacy. Now, here's the problem. This is where I know the boy is out of his depth because he's using the words true and false to convey ideas that can only be expressed through an understanding of Aristotelian logic. There is no such thing as false when it comes to Aristotelian logic. There is only true and not true. False never enters into it. Now, you may, well, Tony, that'll make sense. I don't care if it makes sense. I don't have enough time in this podcast to explain to you why that's the case. There's no false in in Aristotelian logic. It's true and not true, okay? And something can be, oh, man. Something to do with the excluded middle, I'm sure. Yeah, and something can be logically, something can be logically sound and logically valid, but also not true. Yeah. All right. And I'll, I'll, the conclusion not be true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he said the same with this verse. He who believes and is baptized will be saved is a true statement. However, the statement, he who believes but is not baptized will not be saved, the same fallacy as the first example. 
A specific example of condemnation can be found in the second half of the verse in Mark 16, 16. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. Notice how it doesn't say whoever doesn't believe and is not baptized will be condemned. <laughs> what Jesus is doing here is mentioning a condition related to baptism. This relation should not be confused with a requirement. Okay. Here's how I did that. I don't usually do this, but I, I copy and pasted each little section of, section of his argument. He said, I wouldn't have corrected Jesus. I said, but that is what Jesus' words mean. That's the point of his statement. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. Yeah. You wouldn't correct him. One who is not baptized for the correct reasons with the understanding of what one is doing cannot be saved as they will not be a child of God by faith in Christ, having put on Christ. All right. Mm -hmm. Your objection here is fallacious and is not often used by even staunch faith alone people. In order to be saved, one has to believe and be baptized. In order to be damned, one simply has to believe not. To assert that Jesus had to say, now those who are not baptized are condemned too, is absurd. Mm -hmm. and That's so why he didn't I, say it. It's why he didn't say it. Because it's, it's parsimony. It didn't need to be done. Yeah. So now I deal with the root of the, 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 the negative inference fallacy. All right. Negative inference fallacy does not apply to Jesus' statement. Jesus sets two conditions for salvation. In order for what you have provided to be relevant, a negative inference fallacy, you have to make being a dog and having spots requisite for being an animal. Your statement is doing no such, thus the negative inference fallacy. So um, the statement about the dogs is not saying um, all dogs have brown spots. Oh, oh, wait. Hold on. In order to be an animal, right. a dog has to have a, 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 a biological... Uh, let me just read this. I'm, all right. Yeah. Now, you could say, in order to be considered an animal, one has to be a dog and have spots. Now, that is not true, but the statement is promoting that in order to be identified as an animal, one must be a dog and also have brown spots. It is not, lo it is not a logical fallacy to infer that the person making the statement considers biological organisms that are not dogs or dogs without spots are not animals. According to the person making the erroneous statement, in order to be an animal, one must be a, both a dog and un, and spotted. So it's not a false, it's not a false or a, a negative equivalent, uh, negative inference fallacy. fallacy. Because Jesus is not, Jesus is saying, look, statement simply put, belief, baptism, salvation. That's a progression. Okay. Mm -hmm. But with the dogs, it's just, oh, what's the, let me go back up here and, Yeah, right here. A dog with brown spots is an animal. Well, those those terms are not universally distributed. All right, it's it's you're comparing oranges to they're apples. not equal to what the to the conditions that Jesus right. used. Right, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna offer some more commentary on this in just a moment. I hope we're not getting too bogged down. 
Lavinia, Lavinia Jenkins says, this is a rough quote from Frank uh, Chester's book on baptism conversion. I could not put my hands on it at the moment. No part of any verse negates the other part of the verse. That's it. Yeah. All right. So, um, a specific example of condemnation can be found in, in the second half of that verse. Okay. I said, again, Jesus laid out one cause giving the criteria for salvation and another cause giving the criteria for damnation. That's what's going on here. And the criteria for damnation cannot negate the criteria for salvation. That, that, that's the thing. Say it again, man. The criteria for damnation cannot contradict or negate the criteria for salvation. But that's the way they teach it. That's yes. their gospel. The yes. people that believe this. So I, I put together just a little bit here. Let me, Mark 16, 16 reads, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. The verse itself clearly puts a premium on belief for salvation stating that one who believes is baptized or one who believes and is baptized will be saved. The second clause focuses only on disbelief for the cause, disbelief for the cause of damnation in a strict logical context. The absence of baptism in the second clause doesn't necessarily mean that lack of baptism will not lead to damnation. It simply means disbelief is sufficient for damnation. Right. In other words, the text may leave room for the necessity of baptism, but chooses to focus on the role of belief in this particular verse. Yeah. So it is. And yeah. So the potential for a negative inference fallacy, because I was I was writing this stuff down and I was making so I was thinking, well, what if what if it is the case then that it's if then? Well, no, the if then construct doesn't matter. So um for instance, the, the, in the statement, uh, when it is raining, the ground will be wet. The absence of rain does not necessarily imply that the ground is dry. Other factors could make the ground wet, such as a nearby sprinkler or morning dew, unless the statement specifically says the ground will be wet if and only if it is raining. Then it's not logical to infer that the ground must be dry when it's not raining. Even when an explicit statement is used, like when it is raining, the ground will be wet, it would be a negative inference fallacy to assume that the ground could only be wet when it's raining. So I guess a way to, to make that statement like the Mark 16, 16, when it is raining, the ground will be wet. When it is not raining, the ground could be dry. So you would add it that. So um, it's, it's, but again, though, we're dealing with Holy Spirit inspired words. So it's hard to come up with man's using man's wisdom, a way to, to, to scrutinize them for yeah. me. Like it, it's hard for me to make an, to, 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 to make something equal here when, when Jesus already said it so, so well, um, let me read this. Let me, again, this is, this is y'all. This is not organized whatsoever. This is stream of consciousness notes. Yeah, go right. I'm looking for something. Go ahead. A negative inference fallacy occurs when one concludes that the absence of a stated condition means the opposite must be true. 
This reasoning is fallacious because the absence of a stated condition does not necessarily imply the opposite condition is true. For example, if it is raining, the ground will be wet. A negative inference fallacy would occur if someone argued it's not raining, therefore the ground must not be wet. This example, in this example, the ground could be wet for other reasons. Yeah. All right, so we've got that. Therefore, concluding that the ground must not be wet simply because it's not raining is a fallacious inference. The problem is we don't have an equal second clause. So it's hard to make this comparison. But similarly, yeah. the absence of a mention of baptism in the second clause of Mark 16, 16 does not necessarily mean that baptism is not required for salvation, which is why it's not a negative inference fallacy. Yeah, so it's true to say that the first statement and the second statement are not equal. Yeah. The first phrase is what what it takes, if you will, to be saved. And, and, the, and second, the next yeah. What it takes to be damned. Right. And and, and the and the it, it's much easier to be damned than it is to be saved, evidently. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I got to do 50. Again, we're just the verse alone. Yeah. Which is not complete. It's, I mean, Mark 16, 16 is not an all inclusive. It's not, it, it, it doesn't specify repentance, for example. In fact, it, it's not, yeah. it, in fact, Mark 16, 16, there is no direct application to the 21st century. Yeah. You have to, you have to, you have to pull it and make a general application. Yeah. You know, you learn that we have to, believe and be baptized by connecting that with what other passages say as yes. well, you know, yeah, just like following the examples of the book of Acts, how people were saved. This is the one I was trying to think of the other day. He who eats and digests food will live. He that does not eat will die. It is not a negative inference fallacy to think that one who does not digest it is not a negative inference fallacy to say that digestion is not necessary to the process. Yeah. 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 That that's the he who eats and digest yeah. his food. Well, if you just eat your food but it's not digested, well, I don't know how what it's like in humans, but in horses. Uh, your gut, the, the guts will twist, they'll colic and die. So, so for us, me, people that are a tad slower, say it one more time as to right. how they say the second phrase is the negative fallacy inference. Yeah, the negative inference fallacy, according to them. Yeah, according to them. So, he that believes and is baptized shall be saved. He that believes not shall be damned. Yeah. So the negative inference fallacy would be to say that baptism is not necessary to the process of salvation because it's not mentioned in the process for damnation. Yeah. However. So they're saying that Jesus' second phrase is the negative or what we're saying is the fallacy. What we are saying is the that's, fallacy. Okay, that's what I thought. No, yeah. they're not okay. saying that Jesus right, participated right, in it. Right, right. So. Right. He who eats and digests food will live. So if I eat food only, will I live? No. If I digest food only, will I live and never eat? No, because you have to eat to digest it. Exactly. You also have to believe in order to be baptized. Yeah. Want you will anyway. All right. 
He that does not eat will die. Now, the prerequisite for death is not eating. Yeah. The prerequisites for life is eating and, and di- yep. digesting. Yeah. If you take either that's, one of those away, you are going to die. That's it. I mean, that's you're, you're going to miss living anyway. Yeah. Is that yeah? yeah that statement. We would say that's a very, a very good parallel. I don't parallel. I don't know if that's parallel. Right word, exactly. Yeah, I think I think parallel yeah. is the right word. Okay. Yeah. And I was trying to think of that because I was thinking about he that chews his food and swallows will live. Yeah. But then I'm like, well, he that chews not will die. But wait a second, I can eat food that I don't have to chew, like yeah, you know, mashed yeah. taters and it's stuff. Gotta, it's all got to qualify. It's all gotta yeah. But but this, this is the one. This is the one I was yeah. thinking about. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, Lavinia. Yeah, that's it. Thank you. Did Eugene help you with that? <laughs> <laughs> don't tell him I said that. Maybe I'm she just helped kidding. him with it. <laughs> Probably did. Probably did. I imagine. I imagine he preached. He's preached a lot of good sermons. She's written. Yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. All right. It's fun to say it though. It is fun to say it. I, I love Eugene and Lavinia quite 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 a lot. It isn't Eugene the brother that came to Bay and held a meeting? Yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yes. I know you remember him? I, yes, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. 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 They were there with their grandkids all week. Yeah. A little Coda and Boaz. Man, I ain't seen them kids in years. They they, they don't even remember me. Yeah. It's kind of sad, ain't it? Like time it is past sad. where they don't. It's like, uh, yeah. You know. It is sad, and all right now. Don't make things easier. You up there in New Brunswick, anyhow. I'll be quiet. Let's keep going. But <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be awful hard. Yeah, I don't make it easier. All right, Aaron. I don't know, man. What else do we got to do? Uh, I mean, we we. I hate to beat a dead horse. Yeah. I, but I mean, I think <laughs> I think we have sufficiently you know answered their argument and this has been a free-flowing you know yeah. live conversation it wasn't like the most succinct response that you would say in a sermon and in a homily and say it just right we're, 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 yeah. we're, we're you know we're thinking through this you know lavinia says no a dear friend tom newberry he was a truck farmer in missouri he had this verse diagrammed on a That's sign cool. in the bed of his that truck. That's awesome. pretty cool. Um, That's awesome. Aaron, do you know what truck patch farming is? No, I don't think so. It is a very difficult but rewarding way to make a living. I don't know if you can do it anymore. Can you still make a living truck patching, Lavinia? So basically, you 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 have a plot of land and you grow a garden, you know, whatever. Like we, we had, uh, we had strawberries, we had watermelons, we did turnip greens in the winter. Obviously we had like between my mother and my grandfather, we had like 300 and something acres of apples, but that wasn't truck patching like that. We sold those wholesale, like, you know, but you'd load your, uh, bounty up in a truck. And so it was, it was big, it was a, it was a garden, but it's like a garden on steroids, you know, yeah. it's big and you would load your bounty up in the truck and you would go somewhere in town and set and, and sell your wares. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and a lot of, a lot of those old timers, I remember this one old man that was a truck farmer and he would actually buy apples wholesale from granddaddy. He'd buy what's called number twos, our culls and this 
he would have a wad of cash that thick. Yeah. And he would buy four or five hundred dollars worth of apples and just count off the twenties, you know. Yeah. And just yeah, they they there, there's you can still make people a, that park their truck full of stuff in Jonesboro and different places, you know. To what extent they're depending on that to live or whatever. Yeah. You know, I don't know, but uh, around here, man, a lot of people were selling corn. Wow, yeah. Corn was a big deal. And evidently apples are a big deal. Now, when up you say there. around here, you're talking about where you are now, you're talking about West Tennessee. No, no, no. I'm talking about up north. Where you are now. Yeah, okay. where I'm yeah, around yeah. around here. Here, here where we are right now. Yeah. Incidentally, where we are is one of the greatest vacation destinations, I believe, in the world. And if you're a Christian, you listen to the show, you contact me if y'all want to come up here on vacation. We'll make sure to treat you right. Cool. We'll make sure to treat you right. All right. Uh, Lavinia says he was a successful, he, he was successful, but not a rich man at all. And I imagine she's saying rich by the world standards. I imagine he's pretty truck, truck, truck patch farmers, uh, typically were, were just a, a, a godly kind of people. And, and they were, they were, they were poor in this world's good, but rich in, in yeah. the other world. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Missy Malone, you're, you're snuck in here on me. She says coming in late. Hopefully you're doing well. I ain't spoke to you and I see your comments from time to time, but I don't believe I've spoken to you in a month. Um, yeah, Aaron, you got anything? Like I, no, I'm really glad we discussed this. I was wanting to look into it more and I'm going to continue to, uh, cogitate on it more and write a sentence or two down, you know, when the show's over, just because yeah. this is, this is a, um, this is thrown up from time to time, but you were saying you were indicating that it's not used as often. Maybe. I don't think but it's used as much anymore. It used to be maybe because of some truth teachers I, blew it out of the water. Probably. I, I think it's just, yeah, it's yeah. just too easy to debunk. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's uh, it was kind of like the thief on the cross. Yeah. It's too easy to, to debunk. Yeah. I mean, well, well, the thief on the cross wasn't baptized. Yeah. So what? Neither was David. Right. You know, it, you know, it's, it's sad that you, you know, that well-known denominational guy that died not too many years ago, Warren Wearsby. He was oh, yeah. famous. He has the B series books, you know, and I remember reading in one of his commentaries, it may have been Hebrews 11, even I was reading through it one time and he made all these stupid arguments saying that, well, David wasn't baptized and Moses wasn't bad. And that's just further proof that people today don't have to be baptized. And I was like, well, wait that's a second. Further proof the dude missed Ned and his first reader. I mean, that's yeah, just so, so. Well, I go to Faith Hall of Fame. All right. And when I look at, so, so the reason I go to Faith Hall of Fame is you, you might come up with a person in the Old Testament and we're like, okay, so is he in paradise awaiting well, I, heaven? I'll give you a perfect example. Jephthah. Yeah, Jephthah. Uh, he's in there. Dude He's in Faith Hall of Fame. Yeah, dude died right with God. Yeah, exactly. You can say whatever you want to about what he did with his daughter, but he died right with God. Yes. Yeah. All right. But but like yeah, so if 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 he if, if somebody's in Faith Hall of Fame, they're in paradise waiting waiting the the resurrection of of uh, life. Yeah. So yeah, these all died in faith. Well, who are these? I mean, just read them. Noah. Yep. Uh, Abraham, as you said, Enoch, Jephthah, Abel, um, 
Who else? Verse 32's got my Jephthah in there. Yeah. Oh, well, that's another. Yeah. So David. And what, and, and what, and what shall I more say for the time would fail me to talk of Gideon, Barak, of Samson, of Jephthah, David, Samuel. Well, okay. None of them, every one of them died under a covenant that is not the new covenant. Therefore, they didn't follow the same rules you and I follow. Yep. Yep. Talk about, I mean, I hate to be so on the nose, but rightly dividing the word of truth. I know what that means, but if you'll forgive me for being a little on the nose, which is really a whole lot on the nose, the word of truth is divided right here. Mm-hmm. This, 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 this page right there. Mm-hmm. That's the blank page between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Yeah, I think that's that, the most. It seems like Alan Webster wrote a tract or something on what you were about to say. I didn't mean to cut the you most off, misunderstood yeah, page, page in, in the, the Bible. Bible. Yep. You know, our, our our revival gospel meeting this past week with John Shannon, the first lesson was perhaps the best one. They were all good, but like yeah. talked about the different dispensations of time that are marked in Scripture. <laughs> and I, you know, I went away with it like the next Sunday. I, I I drew I brought it up again in a sermon. I did like a reflections from the meeting, and I didn't rehash it. I reflected on some things that I was really thinking about when I heard what he was preaching. Yeah. From scripture, you know, and and I talked about how the way we interpret scripture, you know, is determined by how we see the course of history played out and God acting and communicating to man through the different dispensations. So many people misinterpret the Bible just like the thief on the cross. Yeah. And it's a very elementary answer. The dude lived and died under a different code. He That's didn't it. live and die by the code that we do. It's 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 not complicated. And I don't I don't like trying to get too cute with those answers either. Like right. well, you don't know that the thief wasn't baptized. I'm like, it doesn't matter. I know. I know. It's kind of like the, the arguments against against drinking, like social drinking. Well, Jesus turned water into wine. Like, why do you spend thirty minutes arguing whether or not Jesus turned water into grape juice or alcoholic wine? Doesn't matter. It's not our mail. I yeah. don't care if the text says, and lo, Jesus turned 192 gallons of water into what would come to be known as in the 21st century, Jack Daniel sour mash, 80 proof by volume whiskey. Right. That still doesn't allow us to yeah. drink alcohol for all willy nilly sake. Yeah, but Jesus did it, so that makes it okay for us to do it. No, Jesus performed Je- miracles. We don't perform miracles. And, if, Jesus, and if, I mean, just on and on the list goes. Je- we don't. Jesus, Jesus's <laughs> contemporaries sacrificed animals on behalf of their sin. Yeah, that doesn't we mean we do, do that. Exactly. We 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 actually don't live by what Jesus did. As far as we follow the exact things he did, we live by what he taught. Correct the mundo. Matthew twenty eight eighteen to twenty. That's All it. things I've commanded you, not you have to do every single thing that I did, you know, no. Yeah. Or just because I did it, that means you do it or you can do it. That's yep. it's an assumption. I tell you, that's it. a lot of assumptions out there. Just like the, the dissenter. No, the, yeah. The the early, dissenters are good. Yeah. Earlier, the, you know, in the, in the show, I mean, yeah. a lot of assumptions were typed in there against me and you. <laughs> I know. And, and, 
before we ever said one thing. Uh-huh. Before we said, it's like that, it's like that crazy dude on Bill Street 40 years ago, 30 years yeah. ago, however long it is now. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like, dude, you're, you're accusing me of being a member of the Church of Christ. And you don't know me from Adam's uncle. Yeah. yeah. And like, here's the thing. What if I'd have been a UPCI? Right. I mean, th- th- you know how many denominations out there preach that in order to be saved, you've got to be baptized into Christ for the remission of your sins and added to the church that Jesus built on the day of Pentecost, was founded they're, on the day of Pentecost. Out there. Yeah. Yeah. And to assume that I'm a church of Christer. And again, I, I was seventeen. I was eighteen years old. I was a heathen. I had no business talking to anybody about Jesus at all. But he struck but a chord when he said what he said with you. <laughs> he did, and you and had to in, say something. <laughs> in my defense, I was I was walking past them. I wasn't engaging, and they engaged me. Yeah. So I'm like, listen, you you know, if you're gonna be out here doing this, whenever people ask you, well, what must I do to be saved? At least tell them what the Bible says. Yeah. You know, just pray and ask Jesus. You know what the guy tried to say? He tried to say the gospel wasn't preached in Acts chapter two. Because I asked him, I told him, I said, look, the first time the gospel was ever heard, the first time the gospel was ever believed, and the first time the gospel was ever obeyed was in Acts chapter two. Now, what did those people do? If you do what they did, you'll get what they got. And that's oversimplified. I don't necessarily believe that. Because one, you can't really do what they did. The people there heard the gospel from, from the apostles. apostles, and they killed Jesus literally. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, like that, you got to. I think that's an oversimplification. But there's so many parallels there there that we say. Yes, you know, if so we do what they did then will be what they were. You know, kind of. Yeah, yeah. And incidentally, a, a better gr- grammatically, it would be better to say. If you do what they did, you will have what they had. Yes. Not yeah. get what they got. Yeah. Yes. But yeah. anyway. Yeah. I like that. So, yeah. And he he just, he got mad at me, man. He opened up his Bible and started, show me where the gospel's preached. Not there, not there, not there. I'm like, look at what Peter's saying. This same Jesus, you crucified both Lord and Christ. Yeah. I said, there's where Peter, Peter goes back to David and says, you'll not, you'll not have your Holy One see corruption. I'm like. So there's the burial. So you've got the death, the burial. Now you've got the resurrection. Wow. Now you've got the fact that he was witnessed because yeah. he's saying that, that he was signified with signs that you've seen. That's the gospel. <laughs> That's 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 8. <laughs> what in the world? So how can you say it's wonder not what, the gospel? wonder when he would say the gospel was preached. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think he just, um, I think that he got thrown off his game because just, this young punk, kid with not doing anything that he was ever supposed to be doing kind of caught him off guard and got the best of it. Now, granted on, on level playing field, if he was expecting it, I doubt I would have ever got the best of him. Yeah. I doubt I would have put him on his back on his hind foot. But again, I mean, we, it's, you know, you're not, you're not expecting it midnight or one or two in the morning on Beale street to have a theological debate with somebody. He should if he's going around saying what he said. Well, I mean, then I, it could happen. I, be- I mean, I, I believe you're correct. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, but not on the Plymouth platform type. Yeah. Know. Yep. Yep. Yes. All right. Well, folks, I if you're, if you're still listening with us, I'm glad you're here. Um, remember, follow us on uh, Substack. 
we put these articles out they're i mean well i don't know if they're good articles or not they're articles uh not all of them are going to be winners i mean we, we put one out every single day so not all of them are going to be winners i try to make it I try to make them to where they're four or five hundred words a piece. I've already seen several you've done. I'm wanting to preach, so I think they're pretty good. Well, there you go. <laughs> That'll work. Um, yeah, but it's a free subscription. Now yeah. we will. We have. Try strike that. Reverse <laughs> it. All right. It's a free subscription. We have. We will continue. And we are currently putting stuff behind a paywall, but there is so much free stuff that you should never feel like you're missing out. Yeah. Um, there are people that want to support us monetarily and I feel bad not offering anything extra. Yeah. But then I also feel bad. Like if I write a good article, I feel bad for putting it behind a paywall. Yeah. Or if we have a good podcast, I wouldn't want to put a good podcast. I feel behind, both are good and needed. And that's why we're doing both. You know, exactly. I mean. Exactly. And incidentally, for those of y'all who do support us monetarily, give us feedback. Tell us something you'd like to see yeah. behind a paywall yeah. that would benefit you, that would be just for y'all. Because I don't want to look, we're going to have the accusation leveled at us where you're just trying to make money. Yes, we are. <laughs> we live in a capitalist society. The Bible says a laborer is worthy of his hire and you shouldn't muzzle an ox as it treads out the grain. So we're doing this yeah. to make money. Yeah. Um, but if somebody said you're just doing it to make money, I would say eh, that would not, be wrong. That's not the only reason I'm doing it. But no, anyhow, I just, um, I'm going to be specific, you know, but, but I also, I, I don't want, we're going to have the accusation leveled at us. You're putting the gospel behind a paywall. I don't, I, we're not. And I, I and, and, I don't want to ever have that accusation be able to level it up, be leveled at us reasonably. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if you're supporting us monetarily, let us know what we can do. And cause right now, all I do is on third, well, it was on Wednesdays, but it's on Thursdays. Now I do a, a video that that's a private video that only the, the supporters can see. And then every once in a while we throw an article behind a paywall and I've got to figure out something to do recorded voice on the, on the Substack for our paid subscribers on Substack. I thought you have Good. been doing that. I have, what but I've ba I backed off a little bit because it's gonna, the time. Constraint. You're saying you're going to change up the schedule the way you do it. Yes. Yeah. Aaron, we have, LaBeth has got a job. Anthony's got a job. Abigail's got a job. Um, our, the, the congregation is growing. Uh, my, the the need to do things yeah. locally is is yeah. more pressing, and I don't have all of the time that I have. For, and for, let me add this: for those that are watching, if you if you watch me on that one right there, oh, you just say it. Okay, Instagram. That uh, you know, yeah, understanding I, the I, time. Yeah, I've been a tad slow last few days, but I'm going to continue to do it. I just last week was a gospel meeting. I, my family stayed with us four days, and there's just been a lot going on. But I'm going to keep doing that multiple times a week. Um, yeah, been a tad slow lately, but there's going to be more to just keep keep looking for something there. I'm going to keep putting those one minute videos out on there. That's it. That's it. And uh, so anyway, just we just wanted to give you that update. Uh, Terry Crooks. Good afternoon. Started late, but we'll rewatch later. Today is my birthday. October is a good month. Happy birthday. 
Yeah, I'm in October. My wife is in October. A lot of good people born in October. It's a good month. What what year what what month were you born in, Aaron? August. August. Well, that's not near as good as October, <laughs> yeah. but it, it was hotter for Mama in August in Alabama. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? <laughs> All right. Well, you got anything to close us out, Aaron? I just you know scrutinize the things that you hear and listen closely and and weigh them out and. Like, like you said too, Tony, for our supporters, the people that support, if you want to see something and like to hear something, just, you know, send us a message. We'd like to offer some value, valued content that yeah. that you've requested. So, and it can be on questions that you have uh, or that others ask you that are challenging for you to answer. We'll put our heads together and we'll try to put something good for you. That's help it. You. Thank you, Rusty Kirby. All right, guys, uh, remember, Podbean, Apple Podcast, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, and you can uh, you can do all that. Um, follow us on – we've got over 100 subscribers now on YouTube. Yeah. That's pretty cool to me. Yep, good. Uh, triple digits. So um, follow us on YouTube, Rumble, Facebook, all that good stuff, and be the algorithm for us. Uh, like, subscribe, share, every chance you get. This has been Tony Brewing Cogitations uh, with Aaron Dotson, and that's that's all I've got. No, it ain't cogitations. No, it's not. It's Christianity, it's Christianity now. now. This it. is Christianity there now <laughs> with Tony Brewing and Aaron Dotson. There you go. And uh, yeah, sorry, man. I went into <laughs> you went into automatic though. <laughs> I guarantee. You. All right, guys. We'll catch y'all on the flip side. We'll see you. <laughs>